Well, hello, everybody. We are back. The Just Brackets podcast, followed by the uh, Just Slippers podcast, is here for Just Browsing's episode of a 2020 movie flashback. So uh, yep. go give us a follow on all those new podcast channels, as we will not be loading to them. It is just going to be the Just Browsing podcast. Yeah, we're so. so successful now, we already have our own spinoff podcasts. Multiple. Multiple, yeah. We post on Sunday mornings on the Just Slippers. <laughs> on the and Just Slippers. On the Just Brackets, we post our brackets. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. No, uh, we're back, and we are going to wrap up at the movie flashback for the first go-around with a uh, small list for 2020. And that's not an exaggeration, folks. That is a, uh, I mean, we all know why, but that is the truth. So I will let Zach take it away, as I will be honest. And uh, I don't think I have seen a single one of these movies, so... Uh, yeah, Zach's going to talk, and uh, I'm going to sit here and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, phenomenal. <laughs> so. Which was my secret ploy all along because I just want to run a solo podcast where all I do is talk about movies. So here we go. I'm well, the joke's on you. I can delete your voice, and then it'll just be me sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Nope. It's like followed by 15 minutes of silence. <laughs> no, I didn't see that one either. <laughs> Someone's like, so I think half your audio is missing. Like, it was planned, trust me. <laughs> um. I actually am realizing, so yeah, welcome to the 2020 movie flashback. And this is obviously not having to flashback that far since 2020 is, you know, unfortunately right in our immediate rear view mirror. Um, Although it's almost six months ago. Oh, isn't that crazy? Time flies. Um, yeah, so the, welcome to the 2020 movie flashback. There, this one's going to be probably pretty short depending on how much just random movie shit I can pull out of my ass. But uh there weren't that many movies released in 2020. And and for anyone new tuning in, the way we do these movie flashbacks is basically it's a list that I compile at the end of each year of movies that I saw for that year that were released within that calendar year. And, you know, it's kind of fun to go back. When we first started this, we started with the year 2013 is the oldest one that I had. Um, and it's kind of fun to go back and go, oh, yeah, I forgot that movie came out in 2013 and kind of reminisce on those movies and Think about the ones that you were really high on back in 2013, but you might not be quite as high on now and, and vice versa, all that kind of stuff. So 2020 is going to be a little bit different because obviously we're really fresh out of 2020. Um, and it was just, as everyone is well aware, with the COVID-19 pandemic, there just weren't a lot of new movies released because the movie theaters were basically shut down. And as you'll kind of hear throughout this podcast... Most of the movies that are on this list, in fact, quite a few of them, uh, are like streaming service releases. And that's pretty much what we got for 2020, unfortunately. So um, as I'm looking at this, so I just, you know, we, we normally do the uh, the highest grossing, which I don't know if you, are you looking that up right oh, now? Oh, it's going to be, this is going to be funny. Good one. This, this is going to be good because, you know, basically box office was open for like three months of the year. That was yep. about it. It was like. January through Fe- or January through March of 2020, and then after that, it was basically nothing. But um, you can still count like the HBO. You know, like I think the the example that I'll use is Wonder Woman. HBO is like you can you can buy it and just watch it as like your movie right. ticket. And I think right. Mulan was the same way, mm-hmm. or or maybe it was supposed to be the same way. And then I think Disney was just like it's on Disney Plus. Like yeah, do whatever. Yeah. I think they kind of and and the thing that we'll get into as well is. A lot of the streamers did both, where they were like, and that's been the HBO Max model is like, hey, this movie's in theaters, so if you're in a state where the restrictions are not quite as severe or the case count isn't as bad, whatever, what have you, and you can go to the theater and see it, great, our movie is in theaters. If you can't, it's also on HBO Max if you're a subscriber for no additional cost. Um, Disney Plus did it a little bit differently, where they had kind of had this, hey, I know you're a subscriber to Disney Plus, but pay us an additional $25 or $30 or whatever it is, you can watch Mulan. Um, And I think they did that for a couple other ones as well. Like they just did that actually recently for the movie Raya and the Last Dragon that got released real recently. I saw that. Um, So that model is a little bit different than like, or a little bit different than like the Netflix model or the HBO Max model or like Amazon Prime where it's like if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, you're going to get to see whatever new Amazon release is on that service. Um, really quickly, I need to actually add <laughs> a couple of movies to my list. Cause I think when I compiled this, 
Um, it's been a few months, and as I was looking up who won the Academy Awards, because we always like to go over not only the highest grossing, but who won, like who, who were the nominees for Best Picture and then who won Best Picture, I noticed that there are actually two or three movies on here that I have seen since the end of 2020, so I actually need to add them to the list, and maybe that will expand our conversation a little bit. And when I'll, I'll get to this too when we get to the Best Picture nominees and Best Picture winner for the Academy Awards for this year. Um, some of these movies were released in 2021, but they extended the window for the Oscars consideration into 2021. So some of these movies are 2021 releases, but they're eligible for the Oscars in the 2020 year. So I think for the sake of that, I'm going to consider those also 2020 releases and just add them to my list just to stay consistent. So um, I will add those right at the very end um, so that we can kind of just hop in. But yeah, I think without further ado, let's just hop in because there's, I think is anyone who is listening to this podcast, I'm assuming is probably a pretty big movie fan and at least follows it, you know, follows the movie industry somewhat and is well aware of everything we just covered. So um, let's hop right in. The 2020 list is definitely a lot shorter than years past. I think, I don't know, I haven't done an average on how many movies I've had for the 2013 all the way through 2019 that we've done, but it's probably around 30 or 35 movies. I would guess is is what I see on yeah, an average on an, like a normal a year. Good average for us. Yeah, I think I had maybe as many as 52 or something one year, and I've had I don't know as low as 20 to 25 or something like that. But um, actually, considering that 17 for the year 2020 is not bad. But I th- <laughs> I think it's one of those things without the streamer services. Um, you know, if this was in a, if we existed in a world where it was the only place you could see movies was in movie theaters, then most of these movies wouldn't even be on here. And we'd be talking about a really short list. <laughs> so, Very short list. Cause like, you know, we had basically January through March with Tenet being the weird exception coming out later in the summer. Cause Christopher Nolan was just like, Hey, I'm Christopher Nolan release my movie in theaters. Cause I said so. And Warner brothers was like, all right, <laughs> uh, those were the only movies that came out in theaters. Um, everything else was just pretty much. Either, you know, direct like on-demand home video or they premiered on a streamer service. And if you're like me, you probably have three to five different streaming services. And so you were just like, oh. Because heaven forbid one company comes out and is just like, hey, we're exactly. just going to combine everything in one right. simple Here log. Go. No. Once, well, I think once, it seemed to me like once Disney Plus announced their thing. It was like all of a sudden everything has it's a like plus. join the Paramount yeah. network, join Paramount Plus, and like IMDb or not not I think IMDb actually has yeah. one, and then there's like AMC Plus, and then join the Peacock, Discovery Plus, and Peacock, and you're like, oh my god, guys, this is getting this is getting out of control. You know what I'm gonna but, do, and this is gonna be a copy written statement right here, is I am going to create a streaming service that combines all streaming services into one login. And you pay a hefty fee so I can distribute the money back to the other <laughs> services. And then I'm going to make like, you know, 30 cents per login. But guess what? You only have to log in once and then you can just go to Hulu. You can go to Netflix. You can go to whatever you want all in one location. So if anyone takes this idea, I'll see you in court. <laughs> I honestly think it's got to be coming down the pike at some point where that something like that is going to happen. I, I just think it's kind of turning into, you know, everyone went to stream streamers. Oh, what'd you do? <laughs> I'm trying to shut the other mic off. The one we're not using in the amateur hour. I just dude. paused all of our other mics. So amateur. All right. Yeah, we are amateurs. How, how many minutes in was that? We'll, we'll probably have to go check on that. It's only we... nine minutes. Okay. In. Well, at least you'll know. You can just scan to that and see what it sounds like. It'll just be a quick pause, and then you'll hear, (laughs) amateur hour. (laughs) (laughs) Amateur hour here. Um, Anyway, to to not get too down the rabbit hole of the streamer services, let's just dive into the list, because after all, that's why everyone's here, hopefully. All the the No, they're here to listen to my sweet, serenading voice. Yeah, and then you shutting off the podcast. And then I shut off the podcast, because it's time to wrap up. Um, so I think I'm going to just do this the same way we've done all the previous ones. We'll start with the worst movies and work our way up to the best. Again, for anyone who is joining for the first time on one of these movie flashbacks just now on this episode, all of the movies are ranked on a scale of one to five stars. You can get half stars. 
Um, and I've basically just ranked them. I start with the my least favorite one for the year and go up to the highest rated ones, and then we go over my top five. And normally we go over Matt's top five, but that might be blank this time because my top he hasn't five seen will include one movie on, <laughs> on the list. So, and then at the very end we just go over highest grossing, which is also going to be funny for this, and then we'll go over the um, best picture nominees and winners. So, without further ado, that was a lot of rambling, but we'll get started. Um, at the bottom of the heap, with one and a half stars out of five, I put Birds of Prey, and. This is the one, I think the extended title of this is like the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn or some weird shit. But it's basically called Birds of Prey. Yeah. And this is the Harley Quinn character that Margot Robbie plays who originally was introduced in the Suicide Squad movie a few years back with Will Smith. Which they're also redoing now this year as the Suicide Squad with some of the same characters but not some of the same characters. Which is kind of... It's just kind that's of a what mess. unsuccessful movies do. Another example of DC not knowing what in the fuck they're doing with themselves. But a money um, grab to be like, we're sorry, we messed up. Yeah. Here hey, here's go. here's attempt number two. Which you know what? But we H- couldn't get Will Smith back. He's too expensive. <laughs> which you know what? HBO take take the you know take it on the chin and just remake Game of Thrones season eight or, or and add nine, ten, eleven, twelve in. You know, no there we cares. go. Maybe we'll get the this. It'll be like Game of Thrones part two. <laughs> that that's part for another two part series yet. two. Yeah. Oh jeez. Um, anyway, one and a half out of five stars. This movie's just not good. Um, I, we watched it. It was on HBO Max, and we just kind of watched it for something to see. Because she was very... I mean, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is the best part of that movie. It's just the movie's really... It's just a mess. And, you, like, the plot's all over the place. Some of the acting's kind of weird. The action, and it's like... It doesn't know if it's supposed to be this, like, really dark, gritty, like, depressing crime underworld movie. Or if it's supposed to be... You know, like, they're trying to add in her because she's kind of funny, you know, but she's fucked up, and that's kind of how the movie comes across. And you just... It never knows what it wants to do in terms of tone. I don't know. It's just not very good. I I wouldn't waste your time watching it on this one. Um, Coming in at two out of five stars is a movie called Ava. This is a movie I just saw real recently. It was on Netflix, and it was not a Netflix original, but they, uh, they put it on Netflix real recently. It's basically... It's got Jessica Chastain, who is... Super famous actress from a whole bunch of really good movies. She's in Zero Dark Thirty. She's in Interstellar. Um, she basically plays Terrible like... Terrible movies. Yeah. She basically plays like a female assassin. A female John Wick, kind of. Mm. And um, it's okay. It's got John Malkovich and it's got... Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'll probably think of it as we get five movies later on down the line. But uh, it's I okay. I, I, I don't think I really... I, I, I wasn't mad that I watched it on Netflix. I think if I would have paid for it and gone to see it in theaters, I would have been a little bit disappointed. It's not... I think I was kind of expecting like an Atomic Blonde. Charlize Theron was in this movie called Atomic Blonde. Common's in there? Is that who you're thinking of? It wasn't Common. Colin it was Farrell? Colin Farrell. That's... I was blanking on Colin Farrell's name. Um, but yeah, Charlize Theron was in this movie a few years ago called Atomic Blonde, which is like a female kind of spy action thriller, you know, assassin type character action movie. And it was good. It was badass. And I thought I was kind of expecting Ava to be Atomic Blonde, and it just wasn't. I don't know. It was just. It's kind of like the poor man's version of Atomic Blonde is kind of my imper- person impersonation of it. It's kind of, of the um, uh, pandemic version of. Yeah, Atomic I don't know. It was. It's fine. It's fine. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, which is the third movie in the Bad Boys trilogy. I feel like that one was just a bad idea. It's just a reach. Yeah, I, I gave this one two and a half out of five. It's fine. If I, I'm not really, I'll, I'll admit this, and this might not be a very popular opinion. I'm not really a big Bad Boys fan, to be yeah, honest. I'm not a big Bad Boys fan. Either. They're okay, and it's like when you watch them, especially the first two, because I believe Michael Bay directed the first two. The dynamic between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence being directed by Michael Bay in just like a basically a Transformers movie without the Transformers. Is awesome. You get great action. You get gunfights. You get hot women. You get funny jokes from those two. It's it's good. It's good entertainment. Right. But I'm just not really all that excited about it. Like a lot of people seem to be. And I when they when I found out they're coming out with a third one, I was just like, I don't know why we need to do this. But they 
it lucked out by coming out in a pandemic year because I'm pretty sure that may be like the highest grossing or one of the highest grossing movies of and the I year. And I think it came it out was, early in the year. Too. It came out like in March, I think. Yeah. So it came out in time to make a bunch of money like two or three weekends in a row at the box office and then everything just shut down. Yep. So like it kind of climbed to the top of the mountain and then nothing else got to compete. So it lucked out that way. It, it's, it's okay. If you like the Bad Boys movies, you'll probably like this one. It just seemed to me like it's kind of suffering from the Fast and Furious fatigue kind of thing, where it's like, why are we still making these? Making you know? them, yeah. um, the next one up, I, another two and a half out of five star movie is The Wrong Missy. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's a Netflix movie. I've seen it's, one of these. It's got uh, one of the kind of Adam Sandler circle of like guys that are always in his movies. Oh, like all his friends. And I'm I'm blanking on the dude's name. You could you could check me on it. And I'm. You know, for the Adam Sandler heads out there, they're probably furious that I can't remember this guy's name because he is—he is funny. Um, David Spade. David. Spade. I was gonna guess that, yeah. but and it's him, basically Rob like Schneider, Kevin James. It's basically like the plot is like he is going on this corporate retreat for his company, and he ends up meeting up with this really beautiful, really smart, really charming woman for drinks, like at the airport or or, or at the at a bar, like the night before he's gonna leave or something like that. And he gets her number and he wants to invite her on this trip with him to like Hawaii. Like their company's going on this resort trip to Hawaii. And he puts her name's Missy. And he puts her phone her phone number in there and puts saves her as Missy. And then he ends up texting her how much like he not not like loves her, but he has this big connection with her. He really wants to get to know her. He really wants her to come on this trip with him. Turns out he's texting this Missy that he had like had a one night stand with or something like back in the day. And she's mm. like this total like wild child like just loves to get hammered and like dance on tables and like do all this kind of stuff she's totally crazy and he ends up inviting her she shows up at the airport to meet him and he's gets kind of stuck with her on this corporate trip it's it's entertaining it's funny and again it was a netflix original i'm not mad that i watched it on netflix but nothing you'd pay for what yeah would i have paid to go see that at amc absolutely not um Another two and a half star out of out of five star movie, I had The New Mutants. And The New Mutants is a movie that if you are curious about any of this kind of stuff, which I do a lot of reading about this just because I'm kind of like a movie fanatic. But if you're curious about the long journey that some movies take before they get to the screen, the story behind The New Mutants is a pretty interesting one where I think the movie that we all got to finally see was pretty much like 85% different than what they shot initially. And this movie famously had a trailer come out like three years ago. And then the movie didn't come out for like another three years. And there was a bunch of reshoots and studio interference. And there's a whole long saga on that. You can read about online about this movie's journey to, to getting into the theaters. But I I wanted to see it because I'm a big fan of the X-Men movies. And I wanted to see where they were going um, kind of post you know, X-Men days of future past and apocalypse, all this kind of stuff. I want to see like, okay, what are they doing now? It's just really messy. And I think I I really want to see the movie they originally intended to make. Cause I think they wanted to make like a horror movie Mm. in the X-Men universe in this like insane asylum kind of place. And that's not really the movie that they made. And it's just kind of weird. And the villain threw a bunch of random stuff together. Yeah. And the villain is really weird. And again, I don't know a lot of the comic book origins and stuff, but they end up basically fighting this like interdimensional, like cosmic bear. Hmm. It's very strange. So I don't know. Two and a half out of five, I feel like is a pretty fair rating for that one. Um, the Midnight Sky is the next one up. I gave that one three out of five stars. The Midnight Sky is a Netflix original movie directed and starring, uh, directed by and starring George Clooney. And, it's actually based on a book that I read a couple years ago called Good Morning Midnight. And it's a pretty pretty good book that I thought the movie did a good job of adapting the book. I just thought it was a little bit flat. It's just, I, I think it didn't quite... There's a lot more they could have hit yeah, him with. And- it, it's, a, it's a very beautifully shot and well-made movie. I just think it was like a perfectly average... Movie. Just lack that like punch <laughs> yeah. that you're like whoa. Right, I, I think it's lacking just some key ingredient that would bump it up to a movie where I'm like, man, I want to rewatch that. That was a good movie. Um, but yeah, it, it's good. It's it's a very cool story. I, I enjoyed the book. It's based on a very very short book, um, but the story is very cool. Um, yeah. Next up, this is getting into the three and a half out of five star category. So these are all movies that I would consider to be pretty good, and like movies that I wouldn't be mad if I saw them in theaters. 
The first one up is Underwater. Now, Underwater kind of got a lot of shit from people, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, it's on HBO right now if you want to check it out. It's like a... If you just want to watch like a fun... Like... Think, you know, the Alien franchise. Think like the vibe of the very first Alien, which is more well, just of like one a, where there's like that big underwater thing. Yes. It yes. like shows so up it, right as they're like right. in their so, glass window. So there's like this state-of-the-art, you know, multi-multi-billion dollar facility down at the bottom of the ocean. And there's these people that are down there doing, I don't know what, maybe they're mining or something. Some excuse to get them in this state-of-the-art facility. being a bunch of dum-dums <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean. And then the the actual structure of this facility starts collapsing and like caving in with water and all this kind of stuff. And they keep having to like escape and they got to put on these pressurized suits and go from one area to the other and try and escape and all this kind of stuff. And then they're meanwhile, while they're trying to escape, they're trying to figure out like what's going on. Cause they keep like the ground keeps shaking and everything's going crazy and they keep seeing weird stuff outside and they start seeing like these creatures basically. And so it, the whole thing kind of becomes like, Oh, we've, as we're burrowing into the earth down here or whatever we're doing, we've awoken something that's like inside Godzilla. the earth. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of like a Godzilla type story. No, that's like literally this underwater pre-Godzilla, you know? Yeah, I know. You wake up Godzilla. This is, this is and what And now Godzilla and Kong are fighting yeah. while they're dying in the bottom of the ocean. It was the, it was the secret prequel to Godzilla versus Kong. tragic story. <laughs> they wake up two massive things to go to war yeah. on the surface while they out. die in the bottom. Yeah. You know? but Sad story. Anyway, Underwater is thoroughly enjoyable for me. It's a good horror slash like Lovecraftian kind of sci-fi movie. Um, I I think it does not deserve the hate that it got online when it came. Maybe out. Maybe I'll watch I, I it, it because it it's one good. of those horror movies where I'm like, well, I'll never be in the bottom of the ocean, so I don't got to worry about it. There you go. It, it's good for like if you want to kind of get a little bit stressed out and scared and just kind of have a fun movie experience, it's a perfect movie for Don't that. go by the window. Yeah. Like don't don't be expecting like Oscar level shit, but like it's it's good. It's I mean it's I watched the Meg, so. There, dude, if you like the Meg, you'll love Underwater. <laughs> That's Meg all I have to say for you. That's all I have to say. Um next up, another three and a half out of five star movie, I put The Invisible Man. Now, The Invisible Man I thought was really good, actually. It was the, it's just an updated take on, you know, The Invisible Man's a story that's been done quite a few times, I believe. And this guy basically, okay, so he the, dies. The movie starts. This this wife is escaping in the middle of the night from this like state of the art mansion that she lives in with her husband. She like sneaks out. You can tell she's had this plan developed for like a long time escapes runs across this field and then she has her friend like come screeching up in this car on the road and she gets in and then her husband comes he's been chasing her this whole time he comes running out of the woods and like punches through the window trying to get her and all this kind of stuff and anyway they they escape that's how the movie starts and you're like okay she really needed to get away from her husband like clearly this guy's a fucking psycho i don't know what's going on here then he dies and then she starts quotes yeah she starts being harassed by what she thinks is an invisible man and she believes it's him and then everyone obviously is telling her she's fucking crazy and tries to like put her like lock her up and put right. her in a cycle i've seen a lot of this of but i never like watched the full movie but i've seen like it's pretty good man 30 minute segments and, on and the thing phone. like it's a psychological thriller because the whole time you're going like is she just imagining this is she actually crazy or is like she actually being chased by this invisible man and like she keeps like you come to find out her husband is like this billionaire inventor guy that deals with this company that that develops like technological stuff that deals with optics with just like camouflaging material right. so it's like if if there really is some guy who can make himself invisible maybe this guy could could do it you know what i mean right. so you're like maybe she's telling the truth it's good i i think you would enjoy it as a good like psychological thriller if I've you're seen, into that I've kind seen of story. a lot of like the the story with it and like a lot of the clips and i'm like just kill him. He's right there. You just don't know where, but he's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like pretty scary because there's like scenes where she's being like physically attacked and you, she can't see where he is. You know what I mean? Right, so it's like a ghost. And the and the, the way they do the special effects with it too is like really awesome where he'll be like throwing her around in the kitchen, like grabbing her by her hair and dragging her, but it looks like she's just being dragged by nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's really cool the like way they shoot up. it. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um the next up is another three and a half out of five star is Mulan. Is what Be we were just talking man. about. <laughs> um, 
You're you're a fan of the original Mulan, correct? Yeah, and this is the only movie I've seen on this list. Oh, it is, and it was a massive disappointment. I I I wasn't like the, terrible, but I think out of the Disney live action remakes, this has been one of my favorites. It doesn't hold a candle to the original Mulan. Like, don't don't get it twisted. It'll never. The original Mulan is one of my all time favorites. As Disney. soon as they got rid great. of Mushu, I was like, that, you're guaranteed a, yeah. a one point two five star. <laughs> That definitely hurt it, I, I think. But I don't know. It's weird to do that movie live action. I don't know how they would go about. But okay, I mean, Mushu I mean, there. if if you're gonna go that route, like think of this, then they did the Lion King live action, where you have a baboon Just talking, lions talking, and, and holding up a baby lion with a pride, and all of the animals and a warthog, and, and you know, bowing in real life. They're like, oh, there's lions here. We're going to just meander on away from mm-hmm. them. They're not going to come and be like, oh, the new king is born. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. It's like, no, that guy's going to try and eat me at some point yeah, in let's time. let's steer clear. We're getting out of here. Yeah. So it's one of those, it's like Disney. You make great movies. No one's, you know, The Lion King was great life. Just yeah. make everything the same live and just relive through, you know. I guess that is a good point. It's, it's okay. The I haven't seen the original Lion King in a very long time, but it seemed like the live action remake was basically it was note for note same. the same story. Yeah. It's just it's just different graphics, different right. Like you have hyenas same. and yeah. lions working together, but then you watch like National Geographic and they have a lion being attacked by twenty hyenas and killed, <laughs> and then another lion comes in and all the hyenas are oh fuck we gotta run, <laughs> and then and this they're like yeah the lion and hyenas are working together to attack the other lion. And it's like, well, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes. How many of these, uh, how many of these Disney live-action remakes have you seen? Because I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I saw The Lion Beauty King. Be- Beauty and the Beast was great, but that's for a whole different reason. I mean, it was a great movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyways. But No, that's our girl, Hermione, dude. dude. Uh, I've seen Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Mulan. Have you seen Aladdin? I haven't seen Aladdin. I, so I think those are I the only three yet. I haven't. Those are the only three I've seen. I have not seen Aladdin. I haven't seen Taya really enjoyed Aladdin. She liked it a lot. But I'm not, I'm not like a big Aladdin guy. I've never see, really I liked, liked I really Aladdin. liked the, the animated one. But again, I just go back to I don't really get why we're doing this. You but know see, what I mean? It's just like... It's just okay. A it's it's the same movie just with real settings now. But yeah, see, that's yeah, another I one of those. Know. Aladdin, they had a genie in Aladdin. Will Smith right. played a genie. So yeah, so they didn't cut have the genie, genie why, out of Aladdin. Why yeah. would you... You know, unless Mulan's based on a true story, which I have no idea if it is or isn't. Yeah, More I don't likely think it, it is. Probably yeah. isn't. Then just keep the damn dragon in. Bring right. me back my lucky cricket. Like, right. bring in those funny little yeah. things. What that just made make the first movies. one so great? Right. Yeah. People weren't like, "Oh, Mulan." Everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah Mushu." I think what made oddly enough what. What makes it more explainable that they cut out Mushu from the live-action Mulan is the same reason why I think I liked Mulan more than the other recent live-action remakes is I think they were going for more of like a war movie, like they were like a serious. It was more like let's let's do some real fighting with swords and like I mean obviously they're doing all this crazy kung fu shit where they're like right. running on the side of the wall and all this kind of stuff, but like. It was a little bit more grounded, I think, and that's why they were like, "Well, we can't have a grounded war retelling of the story of Mulan and have this right. like dragon thing following her around the whole time," you know. Which you can clearly do because Game of Thrones did that for fucking ten years. So I don't know. I mean, if he was I a mean, part of the original story, why would you take him out? Yeah, I it's, think a lot of people were bummed. It's I think not a lot like of people were upset about it's that. It's not like Disney's strapped for cash when it comes to right. their CGI. And there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. Right. I mean. Although I think maybe what they were just afraid of is like, because it's uh, it was Eddie Murphy who did um, Mushu. I think so. I'm pretty sure it was Eddie Murphy. It's like maybe they were just wondering like, oh, we there's no way we can replace if we can't get Eddie Murphy back to voice well, Mushu, then why? Even but again, try, if you're gonna do if you're gonna come up, with although that, they did that with, with Aladdin, you had Will Smith yeah. replace Robin Williams. Right. That's that to me is like. Not, not going down steps. It's like you fell down an elevator shaft that has no floor. Yeah, it's like you can't replace Robin Williams. It's so, so it's one of those. If you're going to get rid of one of those type of characters, you need to get rid of the genie in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Even though he plays a, I mean, both of the characters play huge roles in the movies. Yeah, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah, and so it's one of those. It's like just, it, it does seem weird that they kept in uh, the, the genie. genie, but not Mushu. I right. don't know. That seems and, weird. And Mushu's. Plays, I would say, pretty much the exact same role as the genie does in Aladdin. They're they're pretty much the yeah. exact same, you know, like co-main characters. Then 
you know, like each other halves in their same movies. Like yeah. it's just that is make sense. That, that, now that you're saying that it's just it's kind of odd that they made that decision. But so anyway. I watched Mulan hoping that it was going to be like the original, yeah. and I got really disappointed when they didn't have the dragon. And yeah, but I I still had a good time watching it. I mean, I, I liked Mulan. We did not rent it on Disney Plus. We got it on Redbox when it came out and paid like a dollar thirty to watch it because I was like, I want to watch Mulan, but not for thirty extra dollars on top of my. Disney Plus membership. Right. You know? Then they'll be like, that wasn't a trial. You're being charged another $30 <laughs> next month. See, that's the... I, I, to not go too far into the side discussion about streaming services, that's why I like what HBO Max is doing so much better is they're just going... It's like, okay, hey, Judas and the Black Messiah is out. It's in theaters right now. But hey, for this whole month, you can watch it on HBO Max. No additional cost. Right. I'm like, great. But if you're a minute late, it's gone. Yeah, but so. guess what? I've watched every single movie they've done with that I know, because like, you don't ever like to play games with your friends anymore. <laughs> we covered that in our last episode. If you're interested, go back and check out our favorite video games <laughs> <laughs> podcast episode. Um, anyway, to get not too distracted with the whole Mulan discussion. Um, speaking of an HBO Max same month in theater release, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I had this one as a three and a half out of five star movie. I was happy with it. I think the Wonder Woman franchise continues to be the best movies in the DC Extended Universe. Um, by no means are they comparable to some of the even like middle-of-the-road MCU movies. But they're good. They're entertaining. And I think Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, however you're supposed to say it, uh, does a really good job playing I Wonder Woman. I think she Woman plays a I, better role in the Fast I, franchise. In like Fast... Um, So I had it as a three and a half out of five. I don't really have a lot to say about Wonder Woman. I think um, it's probably not as good as the first one, but it was kind of fun seeing her. You know, obviously 1984 is in the title, so it takes her from the like 1914 to 18 range because the first one's set in World War One to now she's in the 80s and all this kind of stuff. I just have like I don't know when it comes to like I, I didn't see it. And, but when it comes to superheroes, I'm like, don't make two superheroes with the same power. So what do you like, mean? Like, for me, Wonder Woman and Superman are pretty identical. I mean, sure, there's you know differences here and there, but they're pretty identical. It's like, give her... I mean, she has her own backstory, but it's like, give her like something that Superman doesn't have. Give her yeah. something... You know, give her something special so that you're not repeating characters. I think Marvel does that. I don't know of like any superheroes that are really yeah. copied in the Marvel universe. Yeah, in, in the Marvel of, universe there's a lot of there's you know you're going to be hard pressed to find two characters that are very similar. Right. They, they so, all got different stuff going. And on. so it's one of those I mean I'm not saying they're the exact same character but Wonder Woman and Superman could pretty much you could pass right. them off as the same character yeah. so it's like you know separate them a little bit whether you give her extra powers or just completely like different yeah. Like just make it a little bit more different. You're you're just making the same movies in my opinion. Which, right. There's right. been Superman movies for for forever. Forever. Yeah. So um you know, obviously Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are like the three pillars of the entire DC comics and movie okay. and show experience. Um I, I agree with what you're saying. They, this movie does a good job of really taking you into like Diana's backstory and like Wherever she's from, I forget where they call it because she's like an Amazonian or right. whatever. So I don't know if they call it Amazon or I don't I don't know what they call it. But wherever she's from, this like special island, um, they do a good job of like taking you back to when she was a kid and like her relationship with like I don't know if it's her mom, but whoever the queen is, who's kind of like her mother figure and all this right. kind of stuff, and like her trying to impart you know life lessons on Diana and all this kind of stuff and then again like like I said I think it was a clever idea to bring her into a totally different time period cuz like I think her being in the World War 1 era actually really fit her whole like vibe and her whole look and then to kind of drop her into the mid 80s in America was kind of a funny it was like a fish out of water type right. like scenario that they dropped her in so it's like waking up captain america exactly yeah it's like captain america running into times square in 2014 and he's like what am i looking at right i was like that's kind of the same thing um i think it's good it's it's fine i i I, like i said i think the wonder woman one and wonder woman two i think are probably two of the best dc movies they've made and I, i again i don't know what it is that they keep 
messing up on these movies, but it they're, just seems like most of them are just kind of not, not good. I don't they're know. not doing their own thing. They're trying to catch Marvel. That That's yeah. what, how they're messing up. Instead of just focusing on their own movies, they're trying to make them like Marvel movies. Yeah. And they're never going to be able to do that, so just make them unique and make them a DC movie that you can be proud of. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, I may actually add that onto this list. Uh, I'll get your opinion when we get to the end of the list to see if I should add this or not, but the Justice League Snyder Cut also was one of the recent HBO Max, like straight to HBO Max releases, and that was like Zack Snyder. Because Justice League, we covered that in our 2017 movie right. flashback because that's when that movie came out. But there was this big, another kind of going into the whole, what was I talking about with the, uh, oh, with the New Mutants. It's kind of like a New Mutant saga, but like times a thousand. The whole saga online of the fan outcry and the fan petitions of getting Zack Snyder's vision of the justice league to come to fruition eventually actually landed in us getting a justice league movie in 2021 that was vastly different than the justice league movie that was i never saw it but i heard it was it's way different and it's better i liked it more than the original but it's like a four hour long movie and there's all this extra stuff in there and i think to relate it to what we were talking about with wonder woman i think dc might have messed up on hitching their wagon to the Zack Snyder train because he's basically done like most of the movies in that universe. And then the other movies that aren't done by him have a lot of the same He probably had a lot of stuff. It's a lot of his influence of his visual style and all this kind of stuff. And it almost just kind of seems like you're watching the same movie every time you're seeing a DC movie, which is like... I think what makes the MCU, not to get into this whole discussion, but what makes we'll the MCU... We'll have to do an episode on MCU versus... We, we really need to do one. Versus DC. Um, what makes the MCU so much better is every single movie that comes out is so vastly different from all the other ones that you've seen. They're done by different directors. They have a totally different visual style. They're about different characters. Some of them are dark. Some of them are funny. Like, But it helps they all had more or less the same writer, if you right. think about and, it. And, and then they all had the same... There was the maybe not the same like script for script, movie for movie, but there was the same overarching like here's our storyline. So you need to whatever story you're doing for this particular movie needs to fit into this bigger right. narrative. Whereas like the DC movies don't seem to really have that. And you know, again, without without going too much into that discussion, we'll keep moving on. But Wonder Woman's it's solid. It's it's a solid movie. Um the last of the three and a half out of five star movies, I have The Way Back. And this is a movie that came out this past year with Ben Affleck. And he plays a, basically a former high school basketball superstar in oh, whatever hometown one. he is. And now he is a full-blown alcoholic and lives on his own and is estranged from his ex-wife. And is just depressed as fuck and drinks all the time. And basically... Throughout the movie, you kind of come to understand how he got to be in this situation and why he is an alcoholic and all this kind of stuff. I wonder if he played that because he just got a divorce in the past couple of years and he is an alcoholic. Well, yeah, I think he. there was a lot of, like, this is basically him in real life, I right. think, is, is why a lot of people were saying that when, when the trailer came out for this movie. But it's directed by the guy, the same guy who did Warrior. Have you seen Warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Egerton? Dude, UFC? such a good movie. It's excellent. It's excellent. Such a terrible idea to have so many fights back to back, though. Oh, yeah. Well, so the same same director, and he just has a way of, like, making these movies, these, like, really kind of, like, thoughtfully intelligent movies about, like, grown men dealing with, like, difficult emotions. It, right. Without trying to make it sound too, like... You know, counseling e. <laughs> it, it's this movie is really good because it, it essentially long story short. You know, with the setup that I just gave, he gets talked back into being the head basketball coach for his old high school where he was a high school basketball star as a player because like their coach dies of a heart attack or something right. like that. And it's like it's all about him trying to come to redemption with his experiences and his feelings by like being a coach for these kids and starting to care for these kids and all that kind of stuff. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, now we're into the four star category. Um, the first four star out of five star movie that I have on here is extraction and extraction is a movie that came out on Netflix early in 2020 starring Chris Hemsworth. And it's basically about him being like a special forces guy who specializes in going into places. Yes. And extracting people in incredibly, hectic chaotic situations and he has to go get this he i think they're in like india somewhere and he has to go into this 
situation and get this kid out of there where like I don't know if like some sort there's some sort of like a drug lord is sending all his guys to get this kid because of something I forget the, the the plot details exactly but the plot details are are secondary in this movie it's basically an excuse to just watch Chris Hemsworth shoot a bunch of guys and punch a bunch of dudes and get the shit kicked out of him and then ultimately get the kid out at the end you know what I mean so yep. um Done by the, I don't think it was directed by the guys, but the they got together and wrote the script. Um, same two guys who wrote and directed Captain America: Civil War and Winter Soldier, and the last two Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame. So, obviously, like the kind of shepherds of the MCU experience, got together with with Thor to do a cool action movie, and uh, it's definitely worth a watch. It sounds like No Escape. Have you seen it's, that one? It, I have seen No Escape. It's very similar, just uh, like pump up the action a lot. And it's just, instead of Owen Wilson running for his life the whole time, it's Chris Hemsworth like murdering hundreds of people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, another four-star movie is another Netflix original. Again, we're going to get into quite a few of these here towards the end of the list. It's called The Old Guard. And The Old Guard is a Charlize Theron movie where her and these other, like I think there's four of them, are like immortals basically they're kind of like wolverine minus the claws and they've been on earth for like centuries and essentially what they do is they've like found each other and their whole goal is to basically like help people who can't fight off other bad people you know so good superheroes yeah they're like good they're good people that have seen a lot of shit they're like centuries old Charlize theron is like the oldest one of them all but they're like it's just kind of fun. I don't know about you. That's why like the Wolverine movies are so appealing. It's just like watching him get shot a bunch of times and then heal up and then like murk a bunch Pop of people. Pop the bullets out. Yeah. That's kind of what this movie is like. Like they get, they'll get sliced up or stabbed or shot and then they just kind of heal and then go kill the bad guys I don't and know. Stuff. I think it's, I've it's kind fun. of gone away from uh, like a Wolverine type to more of the Deadpool type where... Oh, yeah. You know, he just grows back a little baby hand. <laughs> it takes him like a long time to grow <laughs> back and stuff. Says inappropriate things. Yeah, yeah. And- um, the Old Guard's very entertaining. I, I think for Extraction and for The Old Guard, if you have a Netflix subscription and you're just bored looking for something to watch, throw on one of those, you'll not be disappointed. If you're if you're into action movies, that's two really good action movies. Um, the next up is another Netflix original. This one's called The Devil All the Time. And The Devil All the Time, oddly enough, is starring another MCU star. It's Tom Holland, who is Spider-Man in the MCU. And it's based on a book... Um, it's kind of set in the South in the past. I'm not sure when this is set. I think like maybe 50s or 60s. I think it kind of jumps a couple time periods as well. But it's basically like this gritty story in the South about Tom Holland's and his his relationship with his dad, who's like a war vet from World War II, I think. And then him trying to protect his family once his dad dies. And then... Robert Pattinson, who is the who's Edward from the Twilight movies, comes in and plays this like really sick. No, and perverted he's Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter. Cedric Diggory, dude. R.I.P. Cedric. Um, Fucking Voldemort. He comes in and plays this really sick and evil preacher who like comes into this small town of like a bunch of you can pretty much assume largely illiterate, uneducated Southern folks in this town. Like, you know, I don't know, this is like in the sixties or something like that. And basically just kind of utilizes the power of religion to kind of, you know, gain some sort of power and foothold so in he's this like town a cult and stuff. Leader. Kind of, but he, what he does in this movie and I won't give too much away is he kind of like preys on young, innocent girls, which is what makes him super predatory um. and fucked up. But, um, Really good acting performances all around. There's a bunch of really good um, stars in this movie. People that you will have definitely seen in other stuff. Um, I liked it. I I thought it was... It's kind of like a... I like those type of movies. I don't know how you would even really describe that. Because it's not really like a crime thriller. But kind of like a historical period piece kind of drama movie, I guess. Um, It's good. And Tom Holland's very good in it. Dude, he's just a good actor. I'm, I'm impressed with him so far in his career. He's I'm I've he's in some new movie from the again from the guys who did uh, the Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame called Cherry on Apple TV Plus that I kind of want to check out because apparently another Apple TV Plus another another, another subscription another service. Subscription. Um, but yeah, I want to check that one out. Apparently, in that one he plays it's based on a true story where he plays like a guy, a war vet who has PTSD, who becomes a drug addict and then starts robbing banks to like oh. support his drug habit. Yeah, seems like a pretty intense. Yeah, it's kind of like a 
the the roles that he's done outside of Spider-Man are like as far away from Peter Parker as you can possibly get. Like he's like just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, he's 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 definitely not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in The Devil all the time, I'll tell you that much. Um now the only four and a half out of five star movie on here, I have Tenet. And finally we have arrived at the Tenet conversation. I don't know, you you still haven't seen this, right? I haven't seen it yet. I was gonna go with you guys and then something came up so I didn't go. It's on HBO now. Didn't I gave you my HBO to watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, just check it out on HBO. It's I think we already talked about it briefly, maybe on one of our other podcasts. Um, I know we've sat here and talked about it at some point, but it was probably when we were talking about um, like Interstellar and stuff like that. Maybe because of yeah. the is it yeah. have something to do with time? Yes, like again, that's a Christopher Nolan theme. Is like he seems to be really obsessed with time as well, an idea what is time? and the concept which yeah, we'll talk about that later i also am too i think that's a very fascinating thing to play with and it, he uses it as like a brilliant narrative uh piece basically to to tell stories is right. just he kind of like shapes all these characters into some cool thing he wants to explore about the nature of time and tenet is basically that i i i really don't even want to go into it because it's it's virtually impossible to describe I would recommend watching it. I don't think it's Chris. It's one of Christopher Nolan's best movies. It's still I mean, he's got a lot up there to where it's one of those like you it's can hard. Have a, you yeah. can have a good movie, not your best movie, right? And, and, you're, and I you're think beating ninety percent of other movies. Agreed. Agreed. I think if you watch Tenet and if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, this is better than most of the movies that came out last year, if not all of them. Um, it's just not like it's not The Dark Knight. It's not Interstellar. It's right. not Dunkirk. It you lacks know, a little bit compared yeah. to his. It, it his lacks a little work. bit, but it's it's good and it, it's a Don't very cook. good action movie. But God, it is it is complicated. Like I, when I mean complicated, like it makes so it's Inception, like Inception look easy it? to understand. Oh. Like it is complicated. <laughs> I've seen it twice now. I saw it once in theaters because, like so I you said, you got to be sober like, when watching this one. Yes, you need to be sober and you need to be paying attention with a notepad. <laughs> maybe yeah, and like maybe a physics degree would help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw this one when it came out in theaters, and then I watched it again when it came on uh, on HBO. And I have a vague understanding of kind of what happened with the plot, but there's a lot. There's like a good thirty five percent of it that I'm like I can't Still really can't. explain to you what I just saw. So anyway, that's the Tenet conversation. Pretty pretty fun movie. Um, the first five star movie that I have on here is Onward, and Onward is fucking awesome <laughs> it's it's the blue characters right that are not smurfs obviously but they're like yeah. blue characters and they get in like his van yes like his hippie van yes you know what i'm talking about yeah. so i haven't it, seen it but i've it was the i don't know if pixar did more than one movie during 2020 <sighs> but it was one of the pixar i think of, they did soul it, yeah maybe it was that in soul it was one of the um recent pixar releases and it's got um, Tom Holland actually does a voice yeah, and Chris Pratt who is Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy does a voice of Tom Holland's character's older brother and it's basically these two brothers the setup is kind of like they live in this it's like a fantasy land where there's like you know elves and fucking dragons and all kind of magic and all this kind of stuff but like it's modernized so like they drive cars around right. and like they go to jobs. It's kind of like the whole twist on like Monsters Inc., where like they go to a corporation and they work and all this kind of stuff. And like it's kind of taking modern day life but imbuing it with all of this like fantasy stuff. Um, it's hilarious, dude. It is hilarious and it is it is literally one of my all time favorite Pixar movies and it's only just been released. Like it is up there for me. I guess with I'll have to watch it. Monsters Inc. and Incredibles and all your favorite Pixars. Like it's. It's hilarious, dude. Like, I guess I'll have to watch it. In fact, last year, I named my fantasy team name in our league and in my work league were both spins on the on stuff that came from Onward. They were both my fantasy names. Well, look at movie. you. They're great, dude. It's 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 fantastic. It's it's hilarious. Okay. It's like charming. It's heartwarming. It's <laughs> You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, and last on the list, actually, I'm going to add a couple here at the end. I'll, I'll just kind of nope, add them. No, can't as like, do it. That's not how this they'll, works. They'll, they'll be like honorable mentions. I'll keep the list the same as it is right now, and then those will be honorable mentions. Um, we'll do that on the redo. We'll do that on yeah, the we'll redo. Yeah, we'll do that on so the redo. We still have there to come go. back and do the redo. So put them on your list, yeah, but yeah. bring them in on the redo. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7. I gave this one a 5 out of 5 stars. This is a Aaron Sorkin movie about basically... I think it was during like the 70s, somewhere in the 70s, 
Um, you could check me on that. But it's basically like all of these different political um, activist groups got together and they wanted to protest outside of the Democratic National Convention and they wanted to protest the Vietnam War, essentially. And these leaders... August these, of 1968 is how it Oh, starts. 68, okay. Preparations to protest in Chicago. Yeah, so it kind of leads into... So basically... It's all based on a historical, a historical event that you can read all about and read all about these characters and the organizations that they represented. But um, it's just full of really, really good actors, and it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who has done the Steve Jobs movie. He did The Social Network. He did all kinds he seemed, of he great movies. He seems movie. to do, do more like autobiographical yeah. like movies or, exactly. or like historical yeah. events. And exactly. And like he's that. very into politics. Like he did, um, the, you remember the show, the West wing, mm-hmm. he like wrote and created the West wing. He also did the newsroom on HBO. Like he's very interested in all of his stuff is very dialogue driven drama. And it's all set within some sort of a political sphere. Is well, what he it got 115,000 at the box office. <laughs> well, it was released and had a $35 million budget. Yeah, it was released. It was a Netflix original. So they released it directly on Netflix. And I think for a lot of those, they'll do like the, the same, same month in theater release just to be, I think they have to do that to be eligible for Oscars consideration. Right. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. But granted, I'm kind of biased. I'm a big Aaron Sorkin fan. I'm a huge fan of The Social Network. I love Steve Jobs. All of the movies the that he's done Network are... Social Network is it's, one of my it's amazing, favorite movies. Man. It's amazing. And it's, he's like one of the very... I think him and Quentin Tarantino are like maybe two of the screenwriters that I can think of that can make movies that are largely just talking and you're still like totally captivated right. the whole time. Something about the way he writes dialogue and character interaction is just absolutely captivating. So that was my last one. Um, let's go over the top fives real quick. and then uh, I'll go through my top five real quick. Uh, number yeah. one, Mulan, as it's the only one I have seen that was on the list. And uh, it would not have made my top five had I seen more than one movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, done. Very quick. Um Again, this is a top five that might get amended because I've seen a couple of other movies that I will mention here shortly. That's the goal of the updated series, yes. though, is to jumble it's, everything it's to up. switch things up. But the top five as it stands right now, number five, I had The Old Guard. Um, number four, I had Tenet. Number three, I had The Devil All the Time. Number two, I had this Trial of the Chicago 7. And number one for my favorite movie of 2020, I had Onward. Onward. I am a huge fan of Onward. I think honestly, like it's not gonna. Do you have a shirt? I'm gonna then get you're one. Not that at big of a fan. <laughs> um, it's not gonna knock off Monsters Inc. and The Incredibles as like those are my echelon. Those are my Mount. But Rushmore. it's right up there. But it's 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 creeping up there. It's like, earning its its chance it, yeah, to, it, to be it, carved into the mountain. Let's just say it'll get mentioned in the same conversation as those movies. It, it is tremendous, enough. dude. I I think if you like Pixar movies. Definitely check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's fucking amazing. Um, can I just mention a couple of movies really quick that I noticed on here when I pulled up the... Um, Are Oscar, you wanting to say that stuff? for the... Well, I'll just mention them and then I won't, I won't give them the ratings or put them into the top okay. five until just, we do the redo. Quickly mention them. Quickly. Sound of Metal was an Amazon original movie that came out about a drummer in a metal band that loses his hearing. Saw that recently. Thought it was pretty good. Great acting performance from... Uh, I'm blanking on the dude's name. Riz Ahmed, who is uh, the star of that movie. Um, I also saw another HBO Max direct-to-HBO release, Judas and the Black Messiah, about the leader of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party named Fred Hampton, who gets basically Sorry, assassinated by... Party. Yeah. Who uh, basically gets assassinated by the FBI. Um, very, very good movie. Um, if you're interested in like historical, again, kind of like a the devil all the time, like a, this one's, although this one's based on a true story. So it's like historical period piece drama movie with some, not a lot of action, but some action, really good acting. Um, saw that one. I think there was one more that I wanted to mention, but maybe that was, oh, I did see the movie Promising Young Woman. I was pretty scarred by that movie. <laughs> um, without going too much into it, because Without you can't really talk about the plot of that movie without spoiling it. But it was one of the uh, one of the best movies of the year according to like all the awards and everything. Um, it's not a fun watch, is what I'll say. It's kind of an anxiety inducing watch. It's it's a revenge movie basically. 
Um, Women are always after for revenge. I won't say anything else about it because you can't really describe what the movie's about without kind of spoiling the the, the twists and turns of it. But yeah, so I saw those. It does have, also have Soul listed on here, so I guess Soul was considered in, it was just a, it was in the, the twenty twenty for back the half. Or it yeah. was in like December. I'm pretty sure. So I'll go ahead and mention I have seen Soul as well, and that was the other Pixar release that we were talking about when we were mentioning Onward. Soul's good. I like I liked Soul. It's it's funny. It's not quite as funny as Onward, at least in my opinion. But um, you know, if you like Pixar movies, both of them are money. Pixar basically doesn't make bad movies. Yeah, I've only I'll, seen I'll one them. Pixar movie ever where I thought it was not very good. You know what? I'm just gonna say this real quick so we can you know wrap this up. The Bug's Life is great. <clears throat> it's got to be up there. It's and great. People are like, yeah, it's great, I didn't dude. like that too much. And I'm like, well, that's dude, you Bug's like Life is slept on. That that's a fantastic movie. You know, you've it's got grasshoppers things. fighting ants. What more do you want? It's or you could go watch ants where it's termites fighting ants. To this day, anytime I see or hear the word boysenberry, I just think of the caterpillar oh, being like boysenberry. Boy. He's got it all over his lips and stuff. Dude, I see butterflies sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I'm a pretty little butterfly. <laughs> a pretty little butterfly with his tiny little wings. <laughs> Great movie, dude. Great movie. Well, why don't you go through the Oscars or whatever, okay. and then I'll do the top ten. Okay, yeah. The, the top ten grossing is going to be hilarious for this year. But, um, okay, here are the nominees and then the winner of the Best Picture Award at the Oscars. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 was on there. Sound of Metal, which I just mentioned. Promising Young Woman, which I also mentioned. A movie called Minari is on there. Um, Mank, which was a... Uh, David Fincher movie, uh, Netflix original that I did not watch. Didn't oddly enough, a David Fincher directed movie starring Gary Oldman that I had no interest in watching. I don't know why. I just didn't <laughs> care to watch it. Um, nope, not today. Judas and the Black Messiah got nominated for Best Picture. The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins, got nominated, and then a movie called Nomadland, starring Francis McDormand, won Best Picture. Hmm. A lot of movies that I think a lot of people, probably the average person, didn't see. Um, I think a lot of these are kind of smaller, more like artsy movies, you could kind of say. Um, oddly enough, I've actually seen a pretty good number of the Best Picture nominees. But like I said, it's just because there wasn't that much there to watch movie-wise. Right. Like normally in a normal movie year, the release schedule is so crowded that you only go see... Or, or you go see a whole bunch of movies, but out of the ones that get nominated for Best Picture, you're like, oh, well, maybe I've only seen one of those or two of those. With these, it's like... Shit, there was only like 30 movies released. Like, I, I'm bound to have seen the five or six that were nominated for Best Picture. You know what I mean? So, what is going on outside? Man? I don't know. There's some craziness. There's some kids playing outside. So, if you hear that, we're sorry. But anyway, hit us with the best, anyway. or hit us with the highest grossing. Cause All be right. So, we got our top 10 highest grossing to wrap up our 2020 flashback. Coming in at number 10, we have Wonder Woman 1984 with a whopping. $46 million. And it's still running in cinemas worldwide. That's actually pretty good considering the pandemic. But that's still but like... it's still running in... Normally, like let's say it's normal circumstances, that movie's probably like a 100 to $2 million yeah. opening weekend movie yeah. alone. Then at number nine, you have The Crudes, A New Age, coming at $56 million. Dude, So you got to think, some of these on here, you got to go, okay, this should have never beat. Right, like one or not, one. not a chance. Like, um, and even even in a pan, a non-pandemic year right. or a pandemic year, they shouldn't be beating yeah. some of these movies. Um, real quickly, I just saw recently for the first time uh, the original Crudes. I haven't seen the oh, second it's one. Such a good movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Sorry, quick little. So at number eight, you ha we had Tenet coming in okay. at fifty-seven million. Okay. Uh, Onward was number seven at sixty-one and a half okay. million. Uh, the Call of the Wild was sixth at sixty-two oh, yeah. million. Yeah, I forgot that movie came out last year. The Invisible Man was fifth at seventy million. Okay. Doolittle was fourth at seventy-seven million. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't see Doolittle. Birds of Prey was third at eighty-four million. This is just really bad. Like the movie industry just. Oh, it took a shit. Got this, this past year, yeah. Number two was Sonic the Hedgehog. At $149 million. I think that must have come out real early in 2020. I think the ones that probably made the most amount of money Sonic got released Hedgehog. like maybe January or February and had at least a couple months to to make some money before everything just shut down. Because if anything got released after that, it's like you don't have a chance of making $100 million. Like there's just, It's just not going to happen. No one was going to see movies in theaters. So Sonic came out 
think it helps if you learn how to spell. I can look it up too. If you it want came to out know. in February, February fourteenth. So, so uh, Valentine's. So it had so, like so at it least a, a solid a month. Yeah, solid month or and a half or something. And uh, number one was the Bad Boys for Life at two hundred and six million. See, I thought that was the highest grossing because I, I thought I had read something like midway through the year where they were like, well, Bad Boys 2 is still the highest grossing movie of the year and here we are in September or whatever it was. Well, and you got to remember too, like a lot of movies, like the good, the bigger ones will either get released at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, like in the summer mm-hmm. when, you yeah. know, kind of when school the gets out The like blockbusters right always now. come out in the summer, yeah. So when kids are like, oh yeah, let's go to the movies yeah. or around the holidays. Right, right. And... There was no summer and there was no holidays. Yeah. So it was just... Yeah, and the only know. new movies that people were seeing were just direct-to-streamers. Right. That's it. Is that home. Yeah. So, I mean, if they counted the numbers of like who signed up for new subscriptions and stuff, but it's one of those you can't determine. Right. I mean, I get, you, you'd have to go determine who, how many views viewed the movie, and then you'd have to multiply that by like a, a standard mm-hmm. you know, movie ticket. But then again, there could be a 400 people in one house watching one movie. Right. So you're yeah, you don't know. Is that one person watching tickets. or is that a family of 10 right. watching the same movie? So, I mean, as far as this goes, it, it was just a shit year and a lot of these probably lost money. I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah. like Netflix and, you know, Disney Plus, and I'm sure they got a lot more money than mm-hmm. they were ever expecting to. But well, I think a lot only, of these probably lost a lot of money. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think the only the only way we're ever going to know the real info, too, is... is if Disney Plus or if Netflix releases that information. Because I think Netflix, since they have been kind of like the leading streaming service, they've always really closely guarded their numbers. Like they only Which release numbers for certain Because there's all these stuff. other ones right. that are coming in. And- so like we don't really know like how many streams did The Irishman get or did Extraction Probably or however many... They, you never know, you know. So you're like, I think it's successful because a lot of the people that I know have seen it, and they all, they all want to talk about it. But like, it, how does that but compare maybe, to maybe like the old guard? Seven or, people yeah, that exactly. watched it. Yeah, exactly. Like you never know. So, and and you're not gonna. That's why, like the box office. I think moving forward, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because traditionally the box office has been one solid metric that you can always use to judge the success of a movie on. But now you can't. Well, especially like, with like Amazon Originals coming out, right? Like you're gonna have, yeah. Like I mean, Sound of Metal got nominated for quite a few awards at the Oscars, which is very successful. But like, how successful was it in terms of streams? How many people watched that movie? Right. We well, don't really and, know. And some Only of those Amazon that are, knows that and some of those that are successful for the awards aren't successful in the box office exactly. because they're not intriguing movies for people to exactly. spend money on. Yeah. And, and I think in, in a movie, let's say there was no pandemic. A movie like Nomadland that wins Best Picture is definitely not going to outgross Bad Boys for Life. You right. know what I mean? Like it, a lot of people are going to see Bad Boys for Life. Not a lot of people are going to see Nomadland, but yet here we go with Nomadland winning the awards. You right. know what I mean? So, but that that happens a lot. Um, yeah, it was a weird movie year. I mean, here we are, kind of closing in our. Well, this our, is going to be another one. The, we'll have maybe. What a quarter of a year, half a year. I was going to say, most. yeah, it's starting to ramp up. I am getting the feeling that it's starting to ramp up. Well, we're finally reopening. I'm I'm going to go political real quick, but we're finally reopening shit and being allowed to live our fucking lives again. Yeah. Which, thank and so God, people are I mean, going let back us to go see out movies. and do shit. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. Um, End of. You can really tell because Marvel is... They're planning on releasing four movies this year. We're already at the end of May. So They our, haven't released one yet. And they're like, we're going to release four movies this year. Yeah, they're trying to, so they're Marvel's trying to make like, billions right away. And they're, like, they're ready to go. They're like full steam But ahead. then again, these movies have probably been done and ready for release. For yeah, for sure Black Widow has. At least for six sure months, Widow, if yeah. not for a year. Yeah. Or Ma- Black Widow is supposed to come out in like May of last year. Right. So, oh, dude, you know what I can't wait to see is James Bond when it comes out because that's been dude, delayed like three or four we're, times. We're gonna have to. We gotta text go grab Chris, Chris whenever and be like, Yo, it's Chris, we're going to see James yeah. Bond, and he's I gonna be like, wait. "Can I have popcorn?" I'm like, yeah, but we're sitting on the aisle, so you can just get up yeah. and go get your popcorn. You're limited to two buckets before the movie starts. <laughs> two buckets before, and then whatever happens during is up to you. If you miss something <laughs> important, it's your fault, Chris. Oh man! So yeah, I'm. It's nice to get back to talking movies again. But uh, we're finishing up. This is our our last episode for this movie flashback series until we eventually decide to go back and do the redos. I've kind of worked my way through and done up to like 
2017 or 2018 and I've gone back and added in the movies that I've since seen and kind of reshuffled my top five. I'll have to see if five, all so. of my lists saved. If not, I'll have to go back and listen okay. to all the other ones and like just at least jot down my top five. Yeah. And we don't have to do that soon or anything, but I'm, I'm getting it ready for when we do want to have that discussion where I can go just pull it up and be like, hey, guess what? I've actually seen... 15 additional what we movies need to do soon is, is like a pixar movie bracket and then like oh, a disney movie sure. bracket for sure on our uh just browsing brackets yeah that'll be the just uh, brackets spinoff podcast <laughs> which you can only listen to on the just browsing podcast yeah uh we'll just call it just brackets for the episodes yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway that's all i had man yeah but uh it's great to be back uh like zach said we're pretty much done with the movie flashbacks for I'd probably say a couple months. Um, yeah, we'll do some other stuff in the meantime. So I think maybe next week we'll come in with uh, a sports one. We'll do a, a NBA playoffs episode. They're in full swing um, right now. And then, yeah, I think we're just going to probably bring in some some random episodes, um, you know, maybe some brackets, maybe some, you know, I, I think the pick twos were good. Maybe we'll do, you know, some of our own picks those are fun. And come like up with some those. of those. Um, you know, we got a lot of ideas, so stay tuned. And uh, thanks for all your support and your love. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Till next time. Later.